0: Welcome to the Cult of Cinema podcast, where we worship horror and genre cinema.
1: Each week, we watch and discuss a double feature consisting of one recent and one older or more obscure film.
0: My name is Caitlin.
1: And I'm her lovely co host, Phil.
0: And in today's double feature, Host from 2020
1: and The Innocents from 1961.
0: Hi! Hey! Hi, guys. Hey, guys! Caroline! Hi. Hi, Teddy! Let's <laughs> <laughs> do a shock after us. Okay, everyone get in.
1: Three, two, one.
0: Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's gonna happen. Visualize us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. What was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. I heard something. I think there's something here. Do you say that? Oh, Emma, Emma. No. funny. There's something. You know, we've connected with something. We gotta keep going. We gotta talk to it. <laughs> this is not good. I told you not to disrespect the spirits. There could be something demonic. <laughs> hey, this is
1: all. The
0: filter's off, come on. come on. Host from 2020 is directed by Rob Savage and written by Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jed Shepard. Host tells the story of six university friends who hold a seance via Zoom, the video conferencing software. After Gemma makes fun of the seance by pretending to have a bad spiritual encounter, the friends find themselves being haunted and assaulted by an evil spirit who's decided to join the party. Doing away with most of its first act in favor of getting straight to the supernatural elements, the film cleverly plays with the audience expectations by using Zoom software features as scares, including the face filter function, virtual backgrounds, and a timeout ending. This film is a tight 55-minute roller coaster of fun. What did you think, Phil?
1: That was great, uh, if you told me, "Hey, a film about a seance it's only fifty five minutes long. it's all shot on zoom. get on it, I'd be like, no, no, not
0: no. about it.
1: but I had it suggested to me by the right people, I guess, and I was more than pleasantly surprised at just how clever it was.
0: Why, what elements of cleverness worked for you? Uh,
1: I think it's all about the medium, really I mean it's It's funny. It's relatable. We've all been in one or two Zoom meetings at this point.
0: Video conferencing software is everywhere.
1: (laughs) And so, yeah, all the aspects of that are kind of familiar and novel. Like, we haven't seen anything like this before. I mean, we've seen – was it Unfriended? Mm. We've seen some films that are surrounded – sorry, uh, centred around, like, Skype – or
0: technology-focused horror yeah,
1: films. other social media stuff. But,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: the Zoom thing is a novel and having all the different faces with their respective names on the, on the screen was great. I don't think I can go back to not having name <laughs> tags on my characters.
0: <laughs> you're Yeah, you're, you're one for not remembering names, so it was very handy. Oh,
1: so good. I'm like, oh, that one, whose name is that? Oh, that's wonderful.
0: Ah, uh, Gemma, I remember her from oh, the start. Lovely,
1: yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know, like uh, the writing was really tight. I mean, it didn't just, you know, whiz along. Each of the characters had their own distinct personality and they were likable.
0: Yeah, and that's a rare thing in some of these quick um, hack-and-slash kind of horrors that are coming out.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure, like, uh, uh, the British humour was there, right? Yeah, it's got that sort of dry, chummy British humour between all these you know, university friends,
0: which we can get on as Australians.
1: Yeah, and but I, and like even when one of them was being a, a total d bag and basically ruined it for all of them.
0: We all have that friend. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a séance?
0: I have not. Please, or, or, or dish done,
1: <laughs> or done like a Ouija board or something like that. No. All right, so like you. I mean, my experience is that you get a a, a, comp- a, a range of exp- of a. Uh, perspectives on it like yeah, some people who are, who are really into it who just think it's real and others who are more skeptical and others who just like think it's a total joke and just fart around
0: I reckon you're on the skeptical scale
1: <laughs> yeah I might have trolled around a little bit but like it's ugh,
0: you're that friend
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly I was probably ruining it for other people so but like you can totally identify with the different characters like what did you think about that
0: yeah it was great it even felt like sometimes you know high school or uni group projects where this kind of thing happens in the flesh, where people are like farting around don't want to do the assigned work. And there's one chick who's like, guys, we have to take it seriously. And yeah, totally.
1: It was, yeah, it was a university group project.
0: And like the teacher comes in and out occasionally and like she sucks up to her and tries to like make it to make sure the rest of the group get in and like involved properly. And yeah, just want to get an A plus just going H1.
1: And it was great because like, The experience goes from being, you know, oh, is that happening, isn't it? They miss some of the things, but the things that they all see, they all have their own distinctive response to, and it was really – it was nice. Like, you felt like these were fleshed out people. It wasn't just a cheap film.
0: No, and with such a tight turnaround, um, like – in terms of making it and also even just the the actual film itself I think they did a really good job
1: was it like 2 weeks between yeah, it was
0: crazy and it was it was originally filmed as a zoom prank that went viral by the director Rob Savage who well, I haven't seen that and uh, he pitched it to Shudder and Shudder said yes we will definitely take that which like good on them for taking mm-hmm. a taking a punt on a brand new novel idea
1: and i mean it it had to be done somebody was going to do a zoom horror film.
0: But during the pandemic did you think someone would be I didn't think it'd be smart that smart slash crazy enough to do it?
1: Yeah, and particularly to pull off some of the effects that they had, like the the practical effects, um, you know, not to ruin anything but people being you know, thrown off their feet, jerked and and chairs pulled away. Objects breaking. Yeah. I mean some of it is your traditional fish wire things falling off shelves and whatever. But some of it's really like bodily being thrown about and it was really believable.
0: Yeah, within the frame as well.
1: Yeah. Like it wasn't it didn't off
0: camera sounds. It was literally you Mm are with the characters as they're being shunted around the screen.
1: And it was it was really like proficient in the way it was all shot and edited together mm. it, um, for something like a zoom meeting seems so banal I think but the idea of having was it like six separate cameras so six separate screens being filmed simultaneously mm. and then cut together and making it feel like it was all happening at the same time yeah like that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's difficult to pull off in, yeah. a, in a convincing way. Especially, they did um, break a couple of Zoom conventions just in the way that they would occasionally go to one main camera. Um, but I mean, you can use the pin function. So I yeah. guess in a way it did uh, work for the most part for me. Um, I I also really loved the face filter function that kept oh. coming on even when like the the scary so snake face when a girl's freaking out and um
1: which was both like and it had like that levity but also it was kind of it felt real
0: yeah exactly
1: it's like oh my god she hasn't even noticed it. she's got the stupid filter on.
0: <laughs> and um I loved the there's a point where this isn't really a spoiler but they use the um, settings function to turn up the sound so that you're really aware of the sound and everyone on the call is listening in really intently and you find yourself listening in intently as well just because you've been like visually reminded that that's what we're what we're all doing together right now Yeah, yeah exactly
1: i mean you 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 do actually feel like you're part of this little group because you're kind of like the seventh unnamed zoom member that's sort of lurking and watching and yeah i thought it was really good like you watched it twice.
0: I did. Once with you on um, a TV and mm-hmm. then by myself on a computer. I wanted to get like the the Zoom feeling <laughs> for real. How did that go? Um, I think it's better on a first watch, honestly. Yeah. The second time, I mean, I did watch it within two weeks of the first watch. So mm-hmm. maybe if I'd given it a little bit more time, it would have been um, more effective. But I did still enjoy the camaraderie between the characters on a second watch. It's just that a lot of the scares um, I'd been clued into so they weren't quite as effective. Sure, I, I did really like, I'm not going to do a spoiler, but I did really like the background scene for everyone's seen it. The, yeah, it's the, the best virtual part. virtual background that cuts in and out. That is probably one of my favourite parts.
1: It's a really effective scare. It, it worked for me as well.
0: And also I just love the end when they have a little elbow bumps and still wearing masks <laughs> yeah. because it's the pandemic that yeah hit home for me
1: it's like a real repository of all these things that in the future we're going to look back on and go oh do you remember during the pandemic when so yeah. like elbow bumps and like somebody arguing with a partner in the background who, oh, and God. like they have had to move in together <laughs>
0: and like mute like function where people are like you're on mute and like yeah <laughs> and just and stuff like that
1: and you know seeing people's like parents or whatever like someone's dad makes a cameo at one point
0: yeah, that, yeah. i wonder if that's our actual dad i, I reckon hope so
1: it would be it <laughs> because it's all filmed on zoom i know
0: it's yeah. so cute
1: so yeah it'll, it'll serve as like a time capsule i reckon
0: mm. nice what else did we catch up on this week phil
1: well in a high contrast to 55 minutes shot on zoom we watched the Innocents* from 1961 <laughs>
2: never been a ghost story created especially for the adult moviegoer until The Innocence. <laughs> Do they ever return to possess a living? 20th Century Fox, which presented Deborah Carr in Heaven Knows Mr. Allison and such outstanding motion picture immortals as Snake Pit, Gentleman's Agreement and Patent Place now gives you The Innocence. Based on the Henry James Chiller of macabre evil. Brilliantly adapted for the screen by William Archibald and Truman Capote. Do they ever return to possess the living? Innocence, produced and directed by Jack Clayton, the man who directed Room at the Top, turned into fearful reality by the magnificent performance of Miss Deborah Carr with Michael Redgrave as the uncle, co-starring Peter Wingard, Megs Jenkins, I saw him staring. Who, miss? The
1: same man, the man on the tower. The tower? But now, just now, he was staring past me into the house as if he were hunting someone. Oh, what he like, miss? Oh, he had dark, curling hair and the hardest, the coldest eyes. You see, would you say he was very handsome? Oh, yes, yes, handsome, handsome and obscene.
2: <laughs> Do they ever return to possess
0: And when did you first see and
2: hear of such things.
0: Why, I made them up.
1: Shall I tell you who taught them to you? I won't ever again, I promise. Shall
0: I tell you who taught you, the things you've done, the things you've said? Shall I tell you his name?
2: Perhaps the most controversial concept in human relationships ever presented on the screen. With one of the world's great stars, From the man who directed Room at the Top, a new and adult motion picture experience.
1: Directed by Jack Clayton, The Innocence is the 1961 film adaptation of Henry James's novella The Turn of the Screw. This was based on a screenplay by Truman Capote, which is quite cool. The Innocence stars Deborah Kerr as Ms. Giddens, who serves as a governess for two children in a palatial estate. The film is a masterclass of ambiguity. You're never quite sure if Ms. Giddens is losing her mind and seeing and hearing things. Perhaps because she is struggling with a repressed and forbidden attraction to the young boy. Or if the ghosts of the previous governess and her sadistic lover are intermittently appearing and are possessing the two children. That ambiguity is preserved because the film is potentially all from Ms. Giddens' perspective. Before every ghost sighting, we first have a shot of Ms. Giddens' face. Also, no one seems to confirm her experiences, although perhaps they're all lying. I loved it. What did you think?
0: Uh, I thought it was a beautiful masterclass, like you said, in um, cinema. And everyone who has told me over many years to watch this film um, was all correct.
1: <laughs> Isn't it wonderful when something lives up to the hype?
0: I know. And. Even surpasses it because yep. I thought it was going to be really good and it was really, really, really good.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful. I think it's in my top 10 horror films, straight up. Damn.
0: Straight well, that's, up. That's. If that's not a recommendation, listeners, I don't know what is. Yeah,
1: like I, I'm not a big fan of like top X list, but what, but like I would feel remiss not including this. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those films where you're like, oh, I don't know which order to do, but like if I don't include it, I'm, I'm doing it a disservice. I
0: don't know it's just beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. Production design, costume design, locations, the acting is mm. all stellar. The oh, the children! children my God! My gosh! I don't know how he got those performances out of them
1: particularly the young boy because uh we'll try not to give you too many spoilers but because he's maybe maybe not possessed by this older guy or maybe it's just that she's projecting this desire for this child onto him he acts like i mean he's 11 but he's going on 40 yeah he's flirting with deborah kerr and it's very adult
0: and he sells that dialogue as well Mm. i mean it's it's difficult dialogue to sell coming out of a child's mouth if it wasn't if it wasn't perfectly pitched it wouldn't work it would just be a farce and yeah i honestly just can't recommend this film enough it just blew my mind
1: i think one of the really notable things was the the sound so the the score is very minimal um but uh, but it's very impressive i think and it actually uh, the sound design utilized aspects of um and was pioneering in the use of synthesized electric electronic sounds hmm. from a famous grandmother of electronic music herself daphne oram
0: we love a grandmother <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's actually an uncredited job which is pretty shitty Ugh. but look once her once again
0: patriarchy thank you
1: yeah look her up daphne oram so she actually uh she's huge just go and check her out she's fantastic um well, look
0: uh, that the sound is seamless. it's it's yeah. it's it hits just the right pitches to keep you involved and on edge. Yeah. I'm, I just, I just sound like I'm just gushing about this film, and that's because I am. I it's just, I hard can't. not to. <laughs> I loved uh, and the, the lighting. The lighting, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. Okay, so, like, we picked this film after watching Host, and it felt kind of a bit of a strange pick because, on the one hand, Host is, you know, it's really quite successfully made, I think but it's incredibly low budget and it's the like cutting edge of almost experimental consumable films, right? It's 55 minutes long. It's done on zoom. It's pretty hard to imagine anything less like the innocence, which is, you know, classic cinema. It's black and white. It's amazing cinematography, full score, you know, everything. Lavish
0: production. Yeah.
1: It's lavish filmmaking. But they're actually really interesting to look at alongside each other, I think.
0: Yeah, we were chatting about why we would put these two together. And one of the main reasons was the use of technology as a way to tell the story.
1: Yeah, and like to control what you do and don't see, your perspective. So, I mean, with Zoom, it was all about, you know.
0: What isn't isn't in the frame and the fact that when you're watching six individual screens at once, your Mm. attention is potentially split and you're um, – it's really a, a case of the sound design that yeah. leads you to look at one screen rather than another.
1: And like with The, with the Innocence, they actually – so he was forced, the director says, was forced to use um, Cinemascope, which was widescreen basically, very, very widescreen for the time. Uh, he actually wanted in um, Academy Ratio, which is kind of close to four by three. I don't know the exact ratio, but it's not...
0: It's not far off, 4 by 3.
1: So he was forced to use Cinemascope because um, Fox, uh, that's what they did, right? It was their brand. It was what they used. Uh, And he got around that and actually kind of embraced it eventually by painting lenses to try and create really restrictive, claustrophobic um, shots Yeah. where you know the outside kind of bleeds away into blackness particularly Mm. in the nighttime scenes where she's just walking around the house
0: which can usually feel quite um, lengthy and lethargic in other films but in Mm. this one it was always tense
1: yeah and part of that is because you're you're so stuck with deborah kerr in the center and everything else is obscured and mysterious
0: it feels more dangerous it feels more immediate
1: yeah and like it really reinforces that you're with Deborah Kerr. You're with Ms. Giddens. And I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah.
0: And you're just trying to sneak like peeks at things that are happening on the edges of the frame, just like with host where mm-hmm. you're constantly forced into this um, perspective that the director wants you to take. And meanwhile, you can hear things that may be happening outside of the frame and you're just like, move the camera. <laughs> just
1: yeah, <move> the camera <laughs> exactly. I mean, even though like with Zoom, obviously you're looking... At somebody's perspective via um, like a phone or a laptop or a tablet or whatever, even though they're using these big, expensive cameras, they're achieving that same kind of restriction where it's like, oh, I'm stuck in Deborah Kerr's perspective and she's not turning around fast enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and the lighting, because it's, it was so rich, like they actually used a lot of candlelight, right, mm-hmm. with candles that had like four or five wicks. Mm. to actually shed enough light such that they actually could light the the scene. But of course, what that did is it gives you only really uh, direct light on her face and then everything else sort of bleeds away into darkness.
0: And the same thing happens with Host where yeah. if the, when the darkness gets too profound for even digital cameras, it just starts breaking up into pixels and noise. Yeah, and you've um, just got noise. Like the, the laptop yeah. screen light. Yeah, the visual noise of like the bleeding background. So again, you're looking for those elements or the ghosty presence coming through.
1: It's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, you, with the um even though they both use technology in such different ways, like that's that's really what's underpinning the whole experience. Even though like with The Innocence, you see ghosts.
0: Yeah. Like, and they're, in hosts, People, you don't see ghosts.
1: No, it's just what happens and like it seems like that's the two different schools of ghost films. Do you think that's right?
0: Yeah, I reckon we were chatting about it before and um, yeah it's interesting to note that they're both effective in the way that they tell ghost stories but they're very different in the way that they choose to alert you to the presence of potential supernatural elements so Mm. in uh, The Innocence it's all about the fact that Miss Giddens can see um, like the people there in front of her and no one else seems to be able to see them whereas Mm -hmm. in Host it's until there's a face filter showing you where a ghost is, you have no idea where the presence is, only with the movement of other objects within the frame and people. But you never actually see said presence.
1: Yeah, you just feel it through the yeah. secondary effects. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I feel like it's, it's, it's almost like throughout cinema history, a lot of the different techniques and technology that film uses are pushed by ghost films.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
1: So you've got like in the modern era, you've got Paranormal Activity, right? Yeah. Which is found footage, like, uh, you know, it's and a lot of found footage films are ghost films. Mm. Pushing that, like, that that new way of telling the same old story of The House is Haunted. Exactly. And like some of the earliest films were like trick photography films, where it's like a guy's head on a skeleton.
0: Yeah, like Georges Méliès. Yeah, right. Yeah. And
1: And so it seems like this is just another
0: extension of that yeah ghost telling um history yeah Yeah. i mean it's because it's a really
1: charming simple idea right it's a seance
0: yeah exactly it goes wrong yeah we we all know what happens when when you have a seance it's gonna go wrong
1: (laughs) i mean it's yeah really like the plot is kind of thin there.
0: but like is there a seance movie where it doesn't go wrong
1: i mean depends what you mean by goes wrong because I mean.
0: Are there, is there a seance movie where it's just really delightful and they talk to someone from the beyond and they give them like a good message and there's no repercussions whatsoever?
1: I'm sure there is, but I've got a, like a negative bias for memory. So <laughs> it's like the, the two main seance scenes I can remember from our recent watching are The Changeling.
0: Yeah, which was phenomenal.
1: Which is great. And it's using that like, it's like free association writing
0: on paper. But also recording sound,
1: which is interesting. And then the one before that was like Night of the Demon or Curse of the Demon if you're American, where it's it's another case of the actual voice being different, although you don't see the ghost.
0: Yeah, the voice of the ghost coming through the medium's own voice, but Mm. um, changed pitch or, yeah. It's interesting how there's really not, compared to say – Innocence, no one really questioned like the validity of the seance. Whereas in Host and um, Curse mm-hmm. of the Demon, there was always a like, skeptic, yeah, a skeptic straight up. So that there was someone, I guess it's just helping the audience out with like, hey, this might not be real, but like it was interesting. And, and I know it off topic now, but the changeling when there was no one really questioning, like, hey, is this valid? Is this okay?
1: Yeah, for sure. And like it's weird because you're usually you used to having that skeptical voice like it was really a mainstay mm. of films like um was it burn which burn yeah and um i think it's city of the dead
0: yeah the city of the dead
1: all these films sort of se- and neither demon i mean yeah we're getting off topic here we could totally do a, an episode on
0: seances
1: well like on the skeptic who gets their mind changed mm. by the reality
0: or the exorcist the most well-known <laughs>
1: I mean, who's the skeptic in that?
0: The mom, she doesn't want Jack. to take it. She doesn't want to take it. A, a priest. It's like That's her last-ditch effort. Yeah, no, she's a right, staunch actually, totally. atheist.
1: Yeah, is she? Though? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Mm. I know that the films, like William Blat- Blatty's, you know, attempt to show that modern science and medicine can't explain this thing Mm. and so you have to turn to the church but yeah yeah you're right it is a skeptic gets their mind turned around there's a whole like slew of these films Mm. particularly through the 60s but yeah um what else can we say about the comparison
0: (laughs) well i was gonna say in terms of the changeling um it's interesting that she everyone around her is a skeptic except her true and you're forced to be with the believer
1: in the changeling
0: no, in um The Innocence. Yes,
1: exactly, it's the opposite where you've got like this unreliable narrator situation.
0: Yeah, where you're like is everyone else lying, which like when you're thinking of it in terms of a majority rules is is everyone lying or is everyone a skeptic except her, therefore pushing your perspective towards, you know.
1: I mean, did you come out of The Innocence thinking that she was crazy or that there was actual supernatural
0: um i'm an imaginative gal i like to think that there are ghosts why not
1: <laughs> yeah i mean like you. i think it also comes down to trusting deborah kerr
0: and she's so like pure and innocent about it <laughs> herself yeah in which, a way
1: which is pretty remarkable i mean she was the character was written as a 20 year old
0: she she's was not
1: 20. <laughs> <laughs> she was 49. <laughs> so like they were.
0: <laughs> I, you, I thought they were going for like an old maid kind of deal, yeah. like Eleanor from The Haunting. Like yeah. she, she's, she's, you know, looked after some family members who have passed away and she hasn't really had a chance to go out and see the world.
1: Yeah. I think that's what they sort of ended up with. <laughs> but the script called for, you know, a woman who was just coming out into the world and making her experiences because, you know, in the story, she's not ever worked with children.
0: Yeah, that was odd.
1: But she loved children. Okay, like, and that's one of the things that... <laughs> Falco
0: called. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was like, because my first viewing as well, I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally this ghost. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, oh, hang on. She loves children. She's, she's kind of into this boy... And Is that
0: why no one let her work with children previously, do you think? Yeah,
1: maybe her, her, her reference list was pretty short because <laughs> she keeps getting moved around. She's like a Catholic priest. hey <laughs> Oh! <Whoa.
0: laughs> yep, we're not afraid to go there on this podcast.
1: <laughs> I wish they were afraid to go there.
0: Damn!
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's about enough for that. <laughs>
0: I think the uh the ra- the roundup on this episode is if you'd like to watch two um, varying degrees of ghost films, we would highly recommend Host and uh The Innocents.
1: And you can see Host, not The Host, cuz that's
0: any number Bond, of June, other films Ho's
1: and who else's film.
0: There's a Stephanie May, Stephanie a- May adaptation. One. Yeah,
1: there's a bunch. Uh, just Host 2020 and you can stream it on Shudder.
0: And The Innocents, you can buy a delightful Criterion Collection Blu-ray like we did or unfortunately we found out that – Thank you. (laughs) We found out that uh, there's the Criterion Collection online for free on YouTube. So if you want to be a dirty devil (laughs) – (laughs) Yo-ho-ho. Then – yeah, get yourself onto the tube.
1: <laughs> and it's exactly the same. It's just cut, ripped from the
0: DVD. But if you sure. would like all the extras associated with it, and we know you do, grab yourself a criterion. Treat highly yourself re- in this pandemic.
1: <laughs> yeah, highly recommend it. Do they, 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 they ever return to possess the living? And thus concludes today's sermon.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating or review.
1: We really value your feedback as we improve the podcast. For long-time listeners, you may have noticed that the format has been evolving. So if you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, reach out and let us know. Our email address and Twitter handle are in the show notes.
0: If you'd like to hang out with a cool online community of film fans, I know you do, (laughs) check out the Cult of Cinema podcast discussion group on Facebook.
1: And with that, until next time, All all Hail hail cinema.
0: Cinema!